0: Hello, and happy, happy, happy Sunday. If you are here, you must be here for Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn. And am I excited, I'm always excited, y'all, to bring you today's show, to bring you today's show. And let me introduce you, though, to my friend here, the Gokankui, and you can see it looks like, and it is a, a bell. An instrument that we find throughout Africa styled in different ways. And this particular one is from the country of Ghana. And when you hear the sound of the gankogui, that means come and let's see what's happening. So we're going to gather this wonderful audience and you're going to come and see what's happening on Waitlist with Dr. Carol Penn. And you know, this is our exciting 10 part series where we get together and we discuss what it means to be weightless, weightless metaphorically, weightless physically, weightless in our health, in our mind, in our body, in our spirit. What does it mean to need to release weight and then to also be able to keep that Off? Do we need to lift the weight of the world from our shoulders? Do we need to lift the weight of the world from our hearts and our spirits, let alone lifting the actual physical weight, the adipose tissue? from our bodies in order to optimize our health and well-being. So we look at it from the literal sense. We also look at it from the spiritual and the metaphorical sense. And that is important as we all strive together to optimize our lives, to create a society that truly is about inclusion and belonging, to heal both the people and the planet. Ah, But Before I go further, you're here because you want to know what our show is about. You want to hear our incredible theme song, which many of you tell me you just love to hear the theme song because it is so positive and uplifting. And I'm so grateful for four and two Kenny Brazil Hamilton for creating it. Our show this week has the theme of the medicine of poetry, and we are going to go on a journey with our special guest today that takes us from fear to fearlessness and to fierceness. We are going to discuss the power of the written and the spoken word. And I cannot wait for you to meet today's special guest. But before we go any further, we need to hear a word from our sponsors. And we need to hear that theme song. And right after the theme song, we will hear a word from our sponsor. And then we will meet our very special guests for today. Take it away, Kenny. Greatness, greatness. no matter what people say, you're full of greatness. Greatness, time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces It's amazing Weightless Up your eyes you were if only they could see you going through your bases. It's amazing hello and welcome back thank you so much to our sponsors thank you to the show's production team thank you to the ancestors thank you to the Lenai Lenape who's land we are on. We want to remember and honor all that has gone before. And of course, I'm broadcasting from my wonderful home office here in New Jersey. And I thank you all for inviting us into your homes or wherever you are listening from. Now, you know me, I love to bring our guests on camera so you can kind of begin to pick up their energetic imprint and begin to experience them and feel them while you learn a little bit about them so get ready to meet Devin Lorenz and Vanessa Foster now hold on more about the name Later, sit, type it. And in the meantime, just take in her beautiful countenance. Zevin Louvrin, erotic romance, fiction, author, poet, blogger, social media enthusiast, an incurable romantic, author of Turned Out by Lust, original books of poetry, peonies and coffee, the bashful butterfly, it shouldn't hurt to smile, motivational poems and romantic poetry book. Love is shady, not blind. Devin holds degrees in computer information systems and human resources management. She developed an interest in psychology while working at a Fortune 50 company for 10 plus years. A lifelong writer who has found a renewed passion for putting thoughts on paper to share with the world Devon has been happily married for over 30 years and is the mom of two amazing kids. So welcome. Welcome to Waitlist with Dr. Carol. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Carol. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, I'm so excited to have you live. And I'm even excited about how we meet and how we met. And we're going to get into all of that. But first, tell us. We see two names on the screen. You're a writer. How, we're talking about the medicine of poetry today, yet we see, you know, this corporate background. Let's let's find out who is Devin Lorenz, who is Vanessa Foster, and what was that journey from corporate person to creative? Oh, wow. Well, I'll, I'll start with
1: who I was born as. I mean, my mother named me Vanessa, or my grandmother named me Vanessa. As a kid, I never really liked the name because I was shy and it had three syllables. It was too long and I didn't like to say it, but um, that's who I was. And uh, as a child, I was teased mercilessly about that and everything else, but we'll get into that. Uh, Devon Lorenz is actually, I would say it, my coming of me name. Uh, I'd always written poetry. Poetry made me feel better. It was an emotional release for me after a particularly long day. So I started writing poetry and I would, wanted to publish it and wanted to know if folks would read it, if it was on Instagram or on Facebook and I was afraid. So I would just, I'd write a poem every day, sometimes two, three or four, whenever the thoughts just kind of came to me. And I'm also an incurable romantic. So I said, well, I want to write this book that coincidentally took me 10 years to finish. And I didn't want it associated with me, my name, Vanessa Foster, because I was in the corporate world, and I uh, needed something that still described me, um, that had special meaning. Um, so Devon was what I was going to name my daughter, had she been a boy, and Lorenz is an amalgamation of two of my favorite people, my grandfather, Lorenzo, who was actually more like a dad to me, and my grandmother, Lola, who originally selected the name Vanessa for me because my mom wasn't sure what to name me. So Devon Lorenz is the pseudonym that I use to publish my novels, uh, my romantic poetry, because some of it is a bit more mature, and it um, I think it, they should be separated. Uh, for Vanessa, my son and I have uh, developed uh, books for our granddaughter and grandson. So, and I publish under my original name so that, you know, it's written, they can find it. Uh, and it's on Amazon. When they learn to read, if they're searching, they'll see that, okay, Vanessa Foster. Oh, that's my mom. She wrote these books and they won't really find out about the other name for some time. So <laughs> right. They're both made.
0: Would you mind holding up one of your children's books? So those who are watching can see a cover and those who are listening. Well, we can, you can always look them up. They're on covering is, what's it called? Adventure of, tootsie bean Bean, yes her nickname is toots
1: so there will be an entire series of tootsie bean learns to read tootsie bean Bean learns to write tootsie bean learns her alphabet so this is actually the coloring book that has um she loves butterflies so there are butterflies and various things that you know will serve to keep a a little mind active for a while so
0: oh my goodness my goodness oh that is just (laughs) delightful and those books can be found under Vanessa Foster, right? That's correct. Oh my goodness. I, I love that. I love children's books. I've, every year I buy a few children's books, not to give away. I'm not a grandmama yet, but... Um, but for me, because they can be so delightful and uplifting, you know, the parables that mm-hmm. are inside uh, children's books and representation matters. So children's books that represent children of color, I think are very important and very vital and very much needed in the world. At the world, well, they're always needed because I know I, as a child, would look for things that were like me. And when I was a child, there were few and far in between. As I know, I didn't have any coloring books where the people looked like me, none, zero. Neither did I. Yeah, no, so thank you so much for, for doing that. So that's, you know, Vanessa Foster. She was in corporate. She also did as a children's author. Now, did your son do the illustrations?
1: He did. My son does the covers for all of my books. Um, this is my book of poetry. And my son greeted the the butterfly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and he's, he's really good because I give him very vague directions. I say, well, I want a butterfly, but I want her to be sad. Because in the book, she's going to get to know herself and she'll like her more. But right now, I want her sad. Um, so I told him to come up with something. And for the bashful butterfly, that's what he did. And wow. That was perfect
0: so and i know i I think we're going to be very lucky to hear a couple of selections later but i just want to bring that out you know that sometimes when we really tap into the creative it also taps into the creative around us and it's not so terribly uh different to imagine that a creative mama would have a creative child and that i'm so glad that the two of you get a chance to to work together and i did have an opportunity to to meet your son Where at the occasion where you and I met. And so I want to bring our, our listeners and our viewers into that story because we met celebrating Juneteenth at the home of a friend who was celebrating the one year anniversary of the launch of her business, Testito. (laughs) <laughs> I noticed, you know, the African garb, the um the beautiful jewelry here, mm-hmm. all from Testito. And we were there, we had tables across from each other under this great big tent, mm-hmm. and you, you were there, your husband, your son, your products, your books. I was there with with my books, and it was this glorious celebration all arounds And it was an opportunity for vendors to be there where we had a chance to talk about our products, bring them forward to the invited guests and the people stopping by. We had a chance to meet each other. And that was your first time vending, I just found out a little while ago. And I have known. So tell me, how did that come to be? And and, and what were you feeling about that?
1: Ugh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, if I back up to where I met Victoria, I, I think I met her in April. Uh, it said, uh, you know, at a, at a somber occasion, um, we just lost a family member, but we started chatting and we talked a lot. And found we had a lot in common and she was talking and she was washing dishes. And she said, you know what, I'm having an event in June for Juneteenth. You should come. And I'm and and I'm i I'm and I'm saying, really, me? I said, why? You should come, bring your books, meet the people. And I said, okay, so from that day until the actual Juneteenth, I didn't sleep. I was super nervous, I was scared to death. I didn't know how to, how to prepare myself or what to expect. But I said, okay, well, you know, I tried to embrace it as I'm trying to further accept myself and who I am and allow the evolution to continue. Um, I went to the event. I packed everything, as my husband said numerous times. She brought the entire house, and I did. I brought everything I had because I wasn't sure what to bring, what not to bring. So I figured it was safer to bring everything. And I, I, you know, I set the table with all the books and cameras and things, and it was just so amazing. I mean, I was terrified, scared to death, but everyone was so welcoming and and just so kind and, and thoughtful, and it, it was as though I'd always known them. It was as though I'd always known you. I mean, it was just It was just, it was great. And the fellowship was amazing. Um, So I had never been it before. And yes, I was terrified. What do I do? But I just kind of allowed things to happen organically. And I walked around, I talked to people and I learned so much from everyone. And I'm looking forward to doing it again uh, next year, hopefully.
0: My goodness. I think you're touching upon something here that is very important for many of our viewers And our listening audience so here you were doing stepping into something and you used the word you were terrified yet you did it anyway and I believe that's the definition of courage same thing so many people talk about wanting to write a book well you've written several books then publish a book, bring it to the light of day, bring it in front of an audience. And so many people are afraid of that. So from what you are sharing with us, you are also a woman of courage. How can we encourage our viewers? And here's that word, encourage. The word courage is absolutely within that word, encourage, to find their courage and to do it anyway, despite being terrified. Right.
1: right. It, it is, it's fearful. And I think we're all afraid to step outside of ourselves. I mean, I have been so afraid of who I was. I'm so terrified even to allow myself to evolve because I only saw myself as, as others saw me as I was teased and taunted mercilessly about things that I couldn't control. So I compressed a lot of things. I held things within and didn't want people to see them. As I got older raised children of my own and when the children were old enough that they didn't really need me anymore I would write things I'd write poetry and I'd say okay well I, and i just keep it no one ever read it I would write it for myself I guess to express how I was feeling at a certain point in time and I was afraid of being judged so I kept it I had an Instagram account but I never po- never posted anything because I was I didn't I would I'd review things I'd like, but I would never post anything because I was just afraid of being judged. What if no one likes it? What if, you know, what if it doesn't, what if it doesn't go over well, you know? What if they criticize what I've written? And yeah. I had, I know, and I would put the poems on my phone and I would just write one every day, two or 3 i there'd be a stop sign, a stoplight. i you know, I'd record a few things and um, then I'd record them and post them uh, on Pinterest. I would do that, but I wouldn't post on Instagram. So I held on to these things until I lost my mom. I was, I was afraid of being judged. Um, and after that happened, I was still afraid. But I'm saying, you know, I write these things for a reason. So maybe something that I write can help someone. If I could help one young lady feel better about herself, about who she was, accept herself and know that God created her with love and she was sent here for a purpose, not to be judged by someone else. Their opinions shouldn't matter to her. If I can help just one girl, one person feel better about who she is, then I need to put these things out into the world. Mm-hmm. And the first morning, I think I I looked, I had it on a post for a good hour and a half because I was afraid to push the button. And then I said, what the heck? So I just pushed the button and I posted my first poem, I think in June, 2018. I lost my mom in March, 2018. And I thought, if I can wake up from that and stand up and keep moving, then everything else should be cake. So I'm still fearful, still, still fearful of doing things, but I do them anyway in hopes that will allow me to continue to grow and evolve and become this person that God created me to be so that I can fulfill the dream that he has for me. Come on now. I was sent here to serve. I was not sent here to hold on to things and not share them with the world. So, so now I allow myself to be a vessel and to do what I was sent here to do and hopefully, (laughs) each, with each step, with each new experience, I'm getting closer to that person.
0: Wow. Wow. Let me, I'm going to pass you the heart because the heart you are talking, you are speaking from your passion. You are speaking from walking in your life's purpose. I feel that. I feel that so beautiful. And as you speak these words, what is it like for you to say them out loud? I see, and I feel the emotion.
1: It's truth. I'm speaking my truth. It's where I came from, where I am now, where I hope to be in the future by allowing myself to be used in a way that I am beneficial to someone else, that I can help someone feel better, that perhaps I can lift up someone, that I can empower them to want to do more, that I can make them feel good about who they are and accept themselves with all of their traits. They're not flaws. They're traits. And accepting those things is the only way that you can be uniquely you. No one else can do that. No one else can do it. So just accept who you were created to be and move forward and do that. When you've done that, and I found that as I've done that, doors have opened. I mean, I'm here speaking with you today. Had you asked me this a few years ago, I never would have imagined. But so it's, you know, so each step creates a new rung in the ladder. And I just, I'll just keep climbing. And as I climb, I'll reach back and bring someone with me because I, I'm not standing here by myself, as Maya Angelou says. I mean, I'm standing here as the one, but I'm bringing the 10,000 behind me, so I'm never alone. I have my ancestral protection, so I'm good. Yes, I'm good. So I'm just trying to do what I was created to do, and much like you said in your journal, and I've, I've probably heard it, maybe I've heard it before. I didn't know what my purpose was. I didn't know why I was here. You know, I would write a poem and then ask God, why am I here? This is what he's saying. Okay. You know, so you say gifts, passion, purpose, gifts, passion equals purpose. And I'm thinking, oh my God, that is, that is so true. So I'm trying to use whatever gifts I was given and I'm passionate about them. I I love writing poetry. I like to write things down so that I can refer to them later or share things with them. If someone's having a bad day, I'll write them a poem specifically for them. And it tends to make them feel better, you know, and we'll talk about it later, but in the candles that I create, some of the, there are poems on back of the vessel. There are certain, you know, just, I just want to create things that make people feel better. So hopefully I can use the gifts that I was given to serve those that need to be served.
0: Yes. And the power of life and death is in our tongue. Is it not? So the fact that you say that you, will meet a person, you'll hear an aspect of their story, and then you'll create a poem to give it as a gift of healing. So I want people to hear this because a thesis that I have is that we are so amazingly and incredibly made. We are each made to be the medicine for someone else. And when we do not let that aspect of our light shine, somebody who needs our medicine, who needs a healing, their healing, is not going to get it. It's not necessarily in the medicine cabinet, although it can be. It's not necessarily in the doctor's office, although an aspect of it can be. It's not necessarily on the psychologist or the psychiatrist couch, although an aspect of it can be so much of the medicine we need is in the smile of our neighbor, the thoughtfulness of a relative, the sitting still and listening to the wise guide within. So I just I, I want people to hear this. I want people to tap into that place of courage inside of themselves, because I think we all have fear. Particularly, I, I I noticed that in myself as I as I step in and take on the mantle of being a village elder, of being a a. a, a a spiritual being having a very human experience. And that means the aging of the body, the changing of the body and exploring what that means. And I know a lot of women, when, when they reach a certain age, that fear factor seems to come up. And I don't know if we can banish the fear, but I think we can learn to become courageous in spite of it. In spite of it. In spite of it. So mm-hmm. now when you were sharing just now, mm-hmm. I heard the word judgment and you were afraid of being judged. You said that several times. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a bit about the history of that symptom? And I'm going to refer to it as a symptom. So what was, mm-hmm. what is your dialogue around being judged in judgment about?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, as a little girl growing
1: up in a very rural Virginia on the heels of the civil rights movement in the sixties and early seventies, Brown was not accepted, but that's what I was. Hmm. So I would go to school daily as early as seven, eight, nine years old. And I would be teased because I was Brown. Because I was thin, because I was prone to to ashiness, and these things were absorbed by me because I was very very shy. You know, I was an only child. I you know I didn't have older brothers and sisters to say, "Well, I'm going to tell my sister on you, or my brother on you," and that was used as a weapon because you know the kids knew that I didn't have anyone to come to my aid, so to speak. So I grew up. I mean, it was daily. I grew up every day just dealing with these taunts and teases. I was brown. I couldn't help that. I was skinny. I couldn't help that. But I would go home and try to erase these things as they were pointed out. So if on a particular day I was teased about being this brown, then I would go home and I would take the lemon that I would heard somewhere, if you use a lemon, you can lighten things. And I would rub it on my face and eyes in an attempt to make my skin lighter. So that maybe I wouldn't be teased. Well, that didn't work. Then I go back to school, and another day they would say, "Say, wow, you have big lips. Why are your lips so big? Look at you. You're ugly. Did, did you know that? You're know ugly." And I and I would, you know, try and do things to make my lips smaller. That didn't work. So everything that I was teased about, I tried to fix because I wanted to fit in. I didn't want to be an outcast. I just wanted to fly below the radar. I didn't want to be bothered, but I was. Every day. Um, so, one of the first poems that I wrote is that, you know, they told me I had big lips, that my legs were too small, that I had no hips, and that I was too tall. They say my skin was too brown. I, I feel the paper bag chest. They said my nose was too round and I had a flat chest. There was a time that I believed it all. Until I realized that their opinions shouldn't matter at all, because I'm perfect in God's eyes. So I would try to uplift and empower myself as I was going through these these daily, just attacks I would call them, because it was hurtful. And every day it was something different, and you know you have big feeds, you know so it's like you know, and I realized that those kids were using that to detract from themselves because they felt some sense of inadequacy. So it was easier to thrust it upon me, made them feel better. So uh, I would every day I'd go home from school and I pray that you know the next day would be better. i I go home, I do my homework because my mom was raising me by herself and I the last thing I wanted was for her to have issues with me in school and not doing my work, not paying attention. She had enough on her trying to raise me by herself. And then I would go outside and just walk around in nature, and allow the sense to wash away what I had been through on that particular day. Um, and I suppressed a lot of those things when I got older. I held on to them. I didn't realize it at the time because life happened. You know, I I met a guy, I got married, we had kids. So I focused all my energies on the children, raising them. And when they got older, and they're adults now those things kind of bubbled to the surface, but this time they bubbled with vengeance. And I said, okay, I needed a release. So I would just start to write things down. I'd create poetry around all of these things that I had experienced, every single thing, no matter how crazy it was, but I wrote poems. And I found that that, where why they didn't disappear, I still remember them, they have no power over me anymore. Hmm. And I learned to like who I was. I went from loathing to liking, to learning to loving myself for who I was created to be. And that felt pretty good. So I continued to write in a power, and then I began to share them in hopes that something that I've written or something that I'd experienced would help someone else. And words have power if you allow them to sink in. So that's part of the journey. That's part of what I went through. That's how probably kind of where I am today.
0: So, the poetry then is also a part of the self healing process. Very large part. Yes. And you've taken us on a journey of emotions, of feeling powerlessness, betrayed, hurt feelings, to one of vengeance and then empowerment. And redemption. And I I just want people to hear the journey of the emotions, because all emotions, after all, are innocent. They just simply are what they are. And it's the information that we derive from them that can help us go on these journeys of self-discovery. Right. Yeah, so taking those awful memories, those challenging memories, and I am so sorry that you experienced that because I just want to hug that the little Vanessa <laughs> felt alone and attacked and and unlovely. And I want to tell the little Vanessa and I want to tell the grown Vanessa Girl, you're beautiful. You were beautiful then, you're beautiful now, and you'll always be beautiful. And I know you know that now and you own that now. Okay. However, it was a journey for you to to get to that level of self-acceptance. Yes.
1: Very much so. Very wow.
0: Much so. Wow. And you know, thank you for sharing that beautiful spoken word from memory. Is there Another poem that comes to mind or something you would like to to read from the Bashful Butterfly or anything that you'd like to share, because it's this encouragement. I feel like so many people need encouragement.
1: Daily, daily. And you may not know it. People walk around and some may seem or appear as though they have everything all together and everything is going right in their lives. And what you may not know is that they're crumbling internally. And that is just the show. That's the persona that they want people to see. But when they're alone, that is not how they feel. And right. no one knows that. You know, and it's it's it, it's sad in a way, but it's 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 who we are. Uh, but I would like to read I from The Bashful Butterfly, this was actually the first chat book, I think it's about 35 pages long, that I published in a way to kind of share what I went through and hopes that something that i that i've written or something that i've experienced would help someone else and uh, this is entitled evolution of me courage was distant confidence non-existent beauty within me i could not see opinions of myself formed by someone else much time passed Wasn't sure I would last. Transformation took a while. I relearned how to smile. Beauty within, I can now see. That was the evolution of me. Wow! Yeah, yeah. That's sometimes it's hard to sound, but that's that's my journey. That's. Part of it was I couldn't see what they said. My mom would say, she said, you're beautiful. So sometimes I would share with her if I had a particularly bad day, I would mm-hmm. tell her, mom, they teased me. They said that I was too dark and that I had these dark circles under my eyes and that I wasn't pretty. And she said, doll baby, which she called me until the day I lost her. I was always doll baby. She said, doll baby, pay them no mind. Pay them no mind. They just feel bad about themselves and they try to make you feel bad about yourself. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. And I knew, I said, mom, you say I'm beautiful because you're mom. And she says, no, you are. And I said, well, oh, thank you. But often I didn't tell her because I didn't want her constantly concerned about my day at school. She had enough on her shoulders. So I internalized those things. I'd write them down and just deal with them and pray that the next day would be better. But,
0: wow. 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 Oh, and I just love your mama too, because isn't that what a good mother does? They affirm our existence. They affirm our existence. And it's so powerful. And it's them affirming our existence that plants that seed so that we can affirm our own existence.
1: Right.
0: And that is so, so necessary and so beautiful. So just God bless all who have had a great relationship with their moms and those relationships, those who've had a fractured relationship. We pray for that healing, whether mom is still here or mom has transitioned on because it really helps to create that, that inner journey, that, that self journey. And I just, I know so many people though who have had as a part of their story, those words of self-loathing where you come to dislike yourself, where you come Mm -hmm. to hate yourself. And I am just so thrilled and honored that your mission in life is to show women to hold up the mirror and say, no, there is a beauty in you. There's a light in you that is there, even though you haven't loved or liked yourself for decades. That nothing, it's its untouchable, nothing and no one can take that away. Sometimes we have to be shown the path to that.
1: Exactly.
0: But it, it's not something that can be taken away. Now, you've mentioned oh. the word butterfly several times in your last response. And I just want to share something with our viewers and with our listeners, a statement that you have written and you've shared like the butterfly, before becoming whom I was intended to be, who I was created to being, have gone through a transformation. Throughout this transformative process, much like from caterpillar to butterfly, I evolved into a more accepting, more understanding, more intentional person that no longer loathes her existence, but appreciates and accepts each and every trait that makes me uniquely me. The one thing I can do without any effort at all. So appreciation and acceptance. I think there's a lesson in here. I think there's a whole webinar in here. So accepting, Mm -hmm. self-accepting or self-acceptance, number one. Understanding. Self-understanding as number two Mm -hmm. and number three, and this is really gets me as powerful, more intentional. Those three seems to be your secret sauce or the recipe, Mm -hmm. acceptance, understanding, and intentionality.
1: That's it,
0: So it's all it is. So if we had to sum it all up and Mm -hmm. say what are the three points or the takeaways, I would say those are the words I would invite our viewers and our listeners to focus in on. Acceptance, understanding, and intentionality. Wow. There's actually a fourth word in here. Appreciation. Self-appreciation.
1: Yeah. We don't do enough of that.
0: Yeah. And if you can... Put those together, reflect upon those in your scribing or journaling time, in your silence, your meditation or prayer time. You can understand what makes you uniquely you.
1: And you learn to accept yourself. Once you've done that, speaking for myself, once I did that, once I looked at me and said, "Okay, wait a minute. And actually looked at myself, I said, well, okay, I'm brown. That's okay. I'm supposed to be brown. I like the brownness. I don't mind the shade so much. And everything that was picked apart, I looked at and I said, well, that's okay. This God created me this way because he felt that he had given me every tool, every attribute that I needed to perform the service that I was created for, to fulfill the dream, to claim what he sent me here to claim, he said, "He said, don't worry, I've given you what you need. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead. You don't need this." Because I would wonder, I'd, I would ask God, I'd say, "Why don't I look more like my mom?" Because the kids would say, "Well, we saw your mom. Your mom is pretty. How come you're ugly? You don't look like your mom." Yeah. And to me, naturally, she was beautiful. She was, she was fair skinned, had long silky hair, and you know, thick eyebrows. But she, she was, she was mom to me.
0: And mm-hmm. I would ask
1: God, "Why don't I look like mom?" <laughs> why didn't you? I would, I'd ask everything I was like, God, please, why didn't you make me look like mom? And he didn't create me to look like mom because he gave me what I needed to fulfill my purpose, to clean my dreams. And he created mom in her image. But I didn't know that I didn't realize that until, until later. So once I accepted everything about myself and learned to, you know, my quirkiness and whatever it was because it's who I was supposed to be once I made peace with that and I liked me I embraced my attributes, all of them. I was able to put those things behind me and then begin to fulfill the dream. It's like, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. So I've gotten past those aesthetics. They're not important. And so I began to write the poems. So each little step put me a bit closer, I hope, to what I was supposed to do. First posting on Instagram and then moving on to publish the first book of poetry, geared towards self-love to maybe help someone else, help some young lady or anyone else that needed to be uplifted, needed to be reminded how wondrous they truly were and why they were created and what they were here for. So they could accept those things and move on to what was really important, just being who they were meant to be. Because once you accept yourself, others have no choice but to accept you. And you know what, if they don't, that's okay too. But I had to get to that point where I liked me enough that I didn't care if others didn't really like me so much. That's okay. If you don't like me, maybe you're not supposed to be in my circle. God bless you.
0: Take care. Keep on
1: moving.
0: Yep. Keep, on, keep on. I'm going to bless you, bless you and love you when and how you are, but nope, mm-hmm. you have to darken my doorstep.
1: Bye. Yes.
0: Yes. yes. Yeah. Thank go you. on, Shadow. Go mm-hmm. behind me and get behind yes. me and go back into the shadows from
1: Hello. when she-
0: Hello. Yes. Go. Beautiful. Go. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I am just, I'm an enthralled with listening to you. I can't tell you how inspired I feel. All kind of ideas are just percolating in my head. So watch out, watch out. You know, and I'm just thanking um, the God of my understanding for bringing us together and the way that we were brought together. Because you know, a little, little, little secret. Uh, for me is that, you know, I can, I can go to an event like that and just, you know, kind of, you know, maybe keep a little bit to myself or be a little, you know, quiet or, or what have you. But on that day, and as I was driving from Jersey to Delaware, I was like, you are going to make it a point to go out of your way and you're going to speak to every single other vendor that's there. You're going to meet everybody, even if you feel tired or people are, you know, coming over to your table. You know, I was working the event by myself. So I knew that if I stepped away from my table and somebody wanted to talk to me, you know, I wouldn't be able to perhaps talk to a potential customer or, or meet one of the guests that were there. And I said, that's all right. You're going to work it around because my footsteps were being ordered that day to meet the other vendors for some reason. And I did make it a point, and I'm so glad I did, because I met you. I met the marvelous and incredible Faye Sutton, who's also been a guest on our show. And I, I met all the other vendors that day. So I'm again any of us that have that fear factor. That being judged, and again, you know, so there's that voice that comes in my head. Oh, I don't want to be judged. I don't want people to think, you know, I'm being the pushy doctor, or who does she think she is, and blah 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 blah. blah. All those kind of stuff that we make up before we even open our mouths. Exactly. You know, because and and again, you know. Maybe if I hadn't spoken to you, that story that said, oh, you're going to be judged and you don't know what you're doing as a vendor, maybe that voice would have gotten louder instead of, you know, like, oh, wow, people are noticing me. They're noticing my products. They're, you know, they're talking to me. So anyway, enough of that. We could go on forever, but it's time for us to take a pause and have a word from our sponsor. And when we come back, we're going to get into... There's actually a third aspect to this guest, y'all, and that she's an entrepreneur. And we're going to hear about her product line. And then we're going to find out all the ways that we can connect and get involved with author Devin Lorenz, author Vanessa Foster, and the entrepreneur, the Moody Butterfly. We'll be right back. Again, thank you so much for that important word from our sponsor. And now let me just, you know, my guests are so incredibly generous. Everybody gives us an opportunity to contact them. So if you want to contact Devin Lorenz, you can email her at heymoodybutterfly at gmail.com. You could go look up her books, www.DevinLorens.com. That's D-E-V-I-N-L-U-R-E-N-Z.com. And now there's even a podcast coming out. Skinny Brown Girl. Devin Loves Romance. Can you talk a little bit about your podcast?
1: Sure, sure. I am. I created Devin Love's Romance, a poetry podcast, because I, you know, I posted the poems, but I would record them as well, I'd create recordings, because some people would prefer to listen than to read, and some were kind of lengthy. And I posted them first on Pinterest, which was surprising, but but the um, response was was promising, it was very good. And then I, I received an email one day from Spotify, Create Your Own Podcast. I'm thinking, hmm, okay, what the heck, I'll create a podcast so i would publish the poems on the podcast so you know folks could listen to them as often as they liked all the love poems and self improvement poems i'd post on the podcast and then i was thinking one day i said you know i i you know as much as i ran from the skinny brown girl that i was called i hated that name in school i hated to be referred to as the skinny brown girl that's essentially who i am and i finally like her now in her skinniness so i'm not so skinny now but i was and i i don't mind her so the Skinny Brown Skinny Brown Girl podcast was created for self acceptance. I, I post self acceptance poems, poetry, quotes, and anything that will serve to make a person feel good about themselves and stop questioning who they are. Ah. Essentially, if you're brown, okay. If you you know, if you're if you're thick, if you're thin, if you're brown, if you're light, it's just accept who you are. Love who you are, honey. There are so many things you have to do. Stop worrying about what people say about you. It is not important and it does not define who you are. So the Skinny Brown Girl is, is that. It's a Skinny Brown Girl clapping back, y'all. So
0: that's what that podcast is. Fabulous. You know, you and I—we've been talking. We're discovering different things yeah. that we have in common. So we're both the only daughters of our mothers. And see, you were skinny brown girl. I was daddy long legs. <laughs> all I had—she's like—I had a head, and I had arms, and I had legs. I didn't have any much of a torso at all. Just all limbs, these gangly <laughs> limbs. So that was the called me daddy long legs. I know. Oh my goodness! I didn't even get to be the skinny brown girl. I had to be. To daddy long legs because I was I was leggy and lanky and gangly, oh you know, all over the place, all over the place. Oh, so you know. special. Yes, you know, so these these funny things about ourselves that ooh, that, that can become a thorn in our side if we let them, as opposed to later in life when I went on to my life as a professional dancer. Well, hello, it was the long limbs the long legs and the long arms that were the thing that was being held up as a value. How cool is that? And I still <laughs> wasn't quite too sure about sometimes I look and I say, Ooh, these arms are awfully long, but I say, stop that. Stop that girl kept you 20 years in a career. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing of these limbs, you know, the beauty of that. All right. Now, You also are the Moody Butterfly, an entrepreneur. Let's talk about, and I did meet an aspect of the entrepreneur back on Juneteenth. Let's talk about what you've created for November. And let's let our listeners get a taste of that.
1: Well, the Moody Butterfly, the the brand was created as a reflection of me and my evolution into unconditional self-acceptance. And I wanted to kind of push that out there. I wanted to to give people products, to create products that would make them feel good about themselves, just feel good. Take some time, relieve some stress, enjoy being you. Well, no one else can do that. So I, I started making candles, aromatherapy, because I love candles, I, I truly do. It's so relaxing to walk in and, and just inhale the scent of a candle, it's, it's nature at its best so I, I create the candles and I post them on my, my website and they have names that are indicative of the journey. You know, there's a candle that's named So Worthy and there's a poem on the reverse. It tells you how worthy you are and why you should feel worthy. And the scent is, it's grapes and oak and it just it smells amazing to burn. And there's a candle that's called More Than Enough because for decades I was told I wasn't enough. I wasn't pretty enough, I wasn't light enough my hair was too coarse, so it wasn't straight enough. So there's a poem for more than enough. You woman woman told you that you're too big, too small, too thick, too tall, that sort of thing. It's on the reverse of the candle. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping to create things that make people feel good about themselves and who they are and accept and love themselves. So in addition to candles, I have a, um, that's from my Verses and Scents collection, um, you know, um, where each poem has a label that tells you i've got perfect peace and then there's grateful because we should all be grateful for who we are created to be and for the life that we live and the and the opportunities that we're given to improve ourselves and to become anything we want to be and there's a poem that says grateful on back of that candle um and it, it's they're meant to to empower to enlighten uh, my latest, my latest candle is Better Days. It's white sage and lavender, and there's a poem. You know that better days are coming. It just tells you um, to feel better. So uh, for in the coming uh, weeks, I've created a self-November collection. It's actually it's a self-love kit for beginning on November 1st for the month of November. And within the kit, there is a candle. Well, should I have it right here? <laughs> I'm not sure if you can see it not.
0: Oh so let's take us through the box, the box
1: reveal. Oh, this is yeah. it. <laughs> In the book. Box. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The book. Okay. And yeah, so it includes uh um, yep, the Bachelor the Bachelor of Black. Black? collection of self-love poems. Don't be feel good about yourself. Um uh, one of my favorites, there is a candle that is called Hello Gorgeous, to remind you that you are gorgeous each and every day, and it smells like jasmine and like sage it's just empowering. Right. There's mm. so i know there's also a wickless candle that's uh entirely, it's hello gorgeous as well that you put on a warmer so if you want to leave home or something you're not afraid that you'll burn your house down while you're gone and a warmer is included in the kit in case you don't have one so that you can open the kit use it right away plug it up drop this on top uh one of my homemade body butters that's um, And this one's actually, I uh, think it's vanilla, but it's, it's, it's homemade, all natural. Shea butter, cocoa butter, various things like that. A couple of bath bombs and my pen that says, I
0: am enough. Mm. That's included in the kit. So, and let me see the box. The box is gorgeous. <laughs> You're the box. I love the box. I love because you can just keep the box no. yeah, and Put things in it. It has a magnetic closure. And so you can store anything in it that you want. I love it. I love
1: self-lovember. it. Self-Lovember. Self-Lovember. you know, love yourself all the time, every day. Every day.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And to be be fed, to be poured into every day. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, right. yes. And I love it. it. Says you've created self-lovember, launching on November 1st. You've curated a collection of products focused on loving yourself and being happy in your own skin. Additionally, on the website, moodybutterfly.com, moodybutterfl com, the Journey to Self-Acceptance blog will post weekly tips on learning to love and accept yourself uncondition- unconditionally. Unconditionally. Mm-hmm. I got so excited. Mm-hmm. I can hardly say the word. Now, this has been such a special time with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of Weightless with Dr. Carol Penn. And I think that people are going to go away from this show just that. Understanding the weight of the world can come off of our shoulders, that we too can go from the caterpillar to the butterfly, that we too can become realigned and recentered, and walk in our purpose in life. So, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's it's been amazing. So, thank you.
1: As I said, if you asked me a few years ago if I would ever do this, and I would have said no, that couldn't happen. So, it just it's just one more reminder of well, once I get out of my own way and accept who I am and allow myself to do things that I am for which I'm fearful and do them anyway. So I thank you for allowing me to come on. It's been great, thank
0: you. Well, I just want everyone to take a nice deep cleansing breath in. All of our viewers and listeners, think of at least three things that you are grateful for so that as you step into the rest of your day or your evening, whenever you're listening to this or as you are viewing this, you can step in realigned, recentered, recharged, and ready to go out and do what? Be the change that you want to see in the world. All right, y'all. I'll see you next time. Kenny, so take us out. Weightless, no matter what people say, you're full of greatness, greatness. The time you opened up your eyes, you were courageous. If only they could see you going through your paces. It's amazing, weightless. No matter what people say, you're full of weightless. Time you open up your eyes, you walk away. Just if only. Oh hey.